Hey Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you guys had a good week. Mine, you know, as some of you have known, my, my mom had gone to the ER last week. Um, this week she was released, I believe, Saturday. Uh, they believe it was a bacterial virus that was inside her small intestine, so they've been trying to help her with that. Um, so you keep praying for her. I also have a specific prayer for a friend of mine who's part of my gaming community. Um, he, he's had health struggles for a while. Uh, if, if you want to remember him, his name is his real name is not Ringo, but just that's what we call him in the, in the community. But, uh, to not today, but he, he struggles with seizures. And so yesterday for some weird reason, he had one. Usually it happens because he sees something like something blinking causes it. This time he is uncertain. And so he went home fine in some sense but didn't feel good and then his mom wanted to take him to the er uh but he said no let's just wait and then finally i think it was early this morning or late last night his friend his friend came and picked him up and took him because his oxygen levels were low and his heart rate was off too so one of the things the doctors are concerned about is that it could be from all the seizures causing issues to his heart and so just pray for him uh, for house hunting, we have not found a house yet, but, um, we're learning new things cause this is going to be our first home. We've never owned our own home. So we're still learning a lot of different things, plus locations and just checking out a few places and see how we feel and then just see what God does and pray about it. Um, we're not like rushing to leave, but at the same time we want to be open to leave. So you guys keep praying for that. Um, so this discussion sermon podcast episode is actually going to be about strong men should they be arrogant or as i'm going to title it strong men should be arrogant question mark because as you all know growing up a lot of times we idolize certain men we idolize certain boys that we would hang out with too especially those guys that were the good looking guys or the guys who always got the girl or the the one that always seemed super attractive to all the women you know what i mean we we always look to the guys who got the girls we also look to the guys who maybe even got in trouble a little bit because it was like the bad boy image and people seem to like that i mean if you ever watch uh boy uh boy meets world we know that even Corey and Sean were a little bit intrigued by the guy who was considered the bully of the school because he acted cool and he had cronies. He had people who respected him, right? Because we think in our heads, we should be kings. So therefore people will automatically respect us, be loyal to us, will serve us. And so it's engraved in us in TV shows and movies and even indirectly taught for men to rule their home. And sadly, I see it in some men who consider themselves Christian men who have led their homes. They led it like they were kings, not leaders. I remember growing up seeing some men who other men 
envied because they thought their family was amazing and perfect because of the way he appeared. But in reality, he ruled very unkindly. And he wasn't very respectful. And he didn't treat people really respectful outside of the church world. I saw this in other guys my age, other men older than me, a little bit older than me, even some younger guys. It's, it's, it's a mentality that I think may be indirectly given to us by cultural teaching or by what we perceive as cultural teaching outside of uh, the current stuff where it's like men are too aggressive, we need to be more feminized. You know, it's not that, that type of world, but the culture that I was brought up in kind of taught that. But I kind of feel like it's also part of this in nature. Because God did give us the authority to lead our families. Adam was supposed to lead Eve. Adam failed when he, instead of confronting Eve, partaked in what she was tempted into. So now the question is, are we supposed to be kings? Are we supposed to rule our home with iron fists? What is a king? Like, what should it be if, if it's not what we're seeing? I do believe, 100%, we are supposed to be leaders of our home. But should we be kings of our home? You see, when we go, when we were to go back, if we really wanted to go back when Saul was going to be king... Jesus, or God told Israel, this is what the king is going to do. They heard it and still wanted him. So God made Saul king. And then from there, you get to see the ups and downs of kingship in Israel and eventually Israel and Judah. And we also get to see the kingship in other countries and other time frames and ages of time where we've seen kings up and down, up and down. And what I mean by up and down means there are good kings, bad kings, good kings, bad kings type of deal. And queens. So, what, what should we, what do, what do kings really act like in some regards? Like, I think the teaching that we're getting is kind of the wrong teaching from what God kind of intended the king to be more like, right? Because in, in, if you do some research on kings, it was a scary thing to confront a king. When Nathan confronted David, it was a scary moment. Now, Nathan was fully trusting in God, and God told him to do something, and he did it, which is what we're supposed to be doing. God tells us to do something, you do it in obedience, right? But ultimately, even in the scriptures, it talks about this. You know, Esther was asked to go and ask the king her a favor she was terrified why was she terrified because she wasn't asked to stand before the king so now she is putting her life in danger for a request you see the the the, the situation was turning into a life and death situation for both israel and herself so her coming before the king if he was bad, upset, or frustrated, or whatever he felt in the moment, he could choose to kill her or exile her like he did his former wife. Okay. So now that we move forward, or actually, yeah, we move forward a bit. Okay. So 
one king that stood out to me was actually King Uzziah. King Uzziah was the, one of the kings of Judah that was considered one of the best kings that they ever had. Why? Well, one, he ruled for, I think, 52 years. He started when he was 16. Okay, Uzziah was 16 years old. When he became king, he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. And this is First Chronicles 26. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God throughout the lifetime of Zechariah, the teacher of the fear of God. During the time that he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Now, I want you to think about what I just said. He sought the Lord. He did what the Lord asked of him. He feared the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, which then that's how we gain knowledge. He sought after him, and then God gave him success. That sounds great, right? And now we go to verse 6. It says, Uzziah went out to wage war against the Philistines. He tore down all these walls. He build the cities nearby to let these enemies know the Lord is with us. This is our land. Stay out. And his fame, if you go to verse eight and his fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt for God made him very powerful. Verse nine, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, the valley gate and the corner buttress. And he fortified them. Jerusalem was strong. Interesting thoughts. Verse 10. Since he had many cattle, both in Judea foothills and the plain, he built towers in the desert and dug many wells. And since he was a lover of the soil, he had farms, vineyards in the hills and the fertile lands. So, Israel was prosperous, doing really well, but, okay, even though he had a great army, even though he was super strong, in verse 15, he made skillfully designed devices in Jerusalem he shot, he, to shoot arrows and catapult large stones for use on the towers and on the corners. So his fame spread even to distant places, and he was wondrously helped until he became strong. So we find out this king is a strong king. Now, the key things on all of this, the why the strength, why he was considered powerful, why he was respected and loved was not because he mistreated everybody and not because he chased after, after his wants, his desires, his agendas. Get that in your head thinking about it that a lot. Because now we go to verse 16. It says... It states, but when he became strong, he grew arrogant, prideful. Remember, we've talked about pride. He became prideful. He grew arrogant and it led to his own destruction. And you know, there's another verse out there. You've been taught it. You probably don't remember the reference, but we're we're going to be heading there. I believe I, I added that as the verses because it's important. 
to remember that. Okay. So now we go back to verse 20. Oh, no, no. We got to finish the other part. Excuse me. But when he became in oh, too far, he acted unfaithfully against the Lord. See, the key thing is he acted unfaithfully. Men, as leaders, we need to stay faithful to the Lord. Stay faithful to the Lord. And now we could continue unfaithfully against the Lord, his God, by going into the Lord's sanctuary to burn incense and incense altar. The priest, the priest Azariah, along with eight brave priests, understanding, remember, because king is, has a lot of power, uh, brave of the Lord went in after him. They basically told him, you can't be doing this. This is disrespectful. You're dishonoring God. You're not supposed to be doing this. Only people are allowed in here. Are the descendants of Aaron. What are you doing? Stop doing this and leave. And instead of him saying, oh, I am so sorry. I dishonored you, Lord. No, he gets enraged, getting ready to basically strike those priests down. And God struck him with a disease, a skin disease specifically. And so the rest of his days, verse 21, so King Uzziah was diseased to the time of his death. So he never repented. One, two, he was basically cursed with this because of his arrogance against the Lord, his dishonoring of the Lord. And the Lord was not going to ever honor him for it. This should be a scary thought for you guys. Because if you go to uh, Proverbs 16, it said, there we go. Pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before the fall. And some of you guys have probably learned pride becomes, comes before destruction and a haughty heart before the fall. Okay. Better to be lowly of spirit with the humble than to divide plunder with the proud. So in other words, having nothing and being humbly at, at the bottom as a servant is actually better than being with those that are so prideful that they have everything, which goes against everything as a man we're supposed to be, right? Because we're supposed to be making money. We're supposed to be taking care of our family. We're supposed to be men that are strong leaders. We are supposed to have men's loyalty and love and respect, right? And be honored by every guy because that's the goal of a man is it not isn't that what we're taught when in the bible it, it's it teaches us to be humble and humble is putting ourselves low jesus was a servant when he washed the disciples feet because humility gives the right respect and authority to god Humble yourselves before the Lord. Be faithful. Follow his ways. We're going to take a quick break and continue after this. Welcome back to the second half of the episode. And we've been talking about Uzziah and how his pride, his arrogance, became who he was and he did it so that he was unfaithful to God. He disobeyed God and did something he wasn't supposed to be doing because his arrogance became his agenda, his desire, his hope, his self selfishness. 
that was what he chased after because he thought he was so strong and powerful he could do anything he wants is there anyone else that was very similar to that that we can remember well if you listen to any of the other podcasts you know that king saul was one of those guys remember how he uh, decided to do a sacrifice even though instead of waiting for samuel yeah so what are we supposed to be doing as men? What are we supposed to be doing? We are supposed to seek out humility. Be a servant's heart. We can be servants to our King, Jesus, and we need to practice as servants lead. That's the difference. If you were to look at the kings who did things the way the Lord wanted and the kings who did not. The difference between the two is the kings that served God were servant leaders. The kings who ruled for themselves became mini gods. Every example, if you were to go, you look at those kings, those kings were all about themselves. They're all about who they were. They're all about what they got, their power, their strength who they were it was never about god i mean even the other herod at one point said to himself i am god himself and god struck him with worms and he was instantly killed and turned and turned into nothing nebuchadnezzar i believe uh was turned into a wild animal for a few years because he also said something similar saul lost his kingship Uzziah basically was sick the rest of his days. Are you seeing the trend? Versus humbling ourselves to the Lord, being a servant leader, helping others. One of my favorite quotes that um, that is one of mine again, but it's from experience and learning. But is as a leader, you need to lift others to their potential instead of keeping them under yours. <clears throat> I don't know about you guys. But your bosses, other men that you've fall suit underneath, how many of them encourage you to move up to grow? Because I can tell you this, one of the things that my experience has shown me is very little leaders do that. I remember Tony Harris, who was my manager for loss prevention. He is one boss that I can say lifted me up, encouraged me, wanted me to do better. Another one, I can't remember his name, but he was the uh, electrical engineer at the one place I was at. He lifted me up, encouraged me, taught me things. But I can name a good handful of leaders who did not. And sadly, some of them are pastors. Because of their arrogance and their pride, they are more concerned about their job, their time in the sun or in the spotlight. They are more concerned about what people felt about them instead of helping other people grow. You see, as men, we should be lifting up other people's potential instead of keeping them under ours. You should want your kids to go beyond you. Does uh, this, this does not mean you want them to make more money. It means go beyond you. 
learn more than what you have learned to grow faster than how you grew to not necessarily go through the same track that you went through one of the things i remember telling the youth kids i i remember telling them my hope is not that you can be like me. My hope is that you can go past me and grow in God in a way that I wasn't able to. And this is why I want to teach you things in a, in a way what I would consider faster so that you don't have to go through the same track to learn something that someone else has already gone through that can teach you. You see the potential of a teacher and, and like the one thing I love about the, the Asian teachings of uh, martial arts and sword fighting, the teacher trained their student to go beyond them. There's a current anime I've been watching. It's called Hero Academia. And one of the things I noticed is that there is, I'm going to blow his name, Megomia, and then he's called Gecko, um, or remember his, he has a weird nickname but the main guy that he looked up to is all might and all might gave him a quirk which is like his but his wish for him was to go beyond than what he was to become a better hero than he was and i see that a lot in the other teachings of asian culture the problem though is I also see, and I see this a lot of parents, their idea of doing better than mom and dad is to have a better job or better, more money or to be loved by the world more or to be a, a better leader in the sense that because look at the, the respect and honor they got compared to me. That's not what I mean by that. Striving to be better at something means to grow and to be led and further than before. Like the idea would be to see your kids love God better than you could have loved God, to see them be more faithful to God better than you could have been faithful to God, to have more understanding of what peace means when things are harder, to be seeking God out first in prayer more than you did when you were younger. So you do not fall into the traps that you fell into, to not be tempted the same way that you were tempted and you fell into to be more faithful to understanding the scriptures and loving it more than you were. See, to me, building up servant leaders is watching them go beyond you. Even if you're still alive to see it, watching them just grow and blossom is a beautiful picture to watch. You know, my hope is, even though I'm not part of their lives, is that some of them who understood and listened to my words in that youth group, Hartford, to take that step further than I did by asking even now at their young age, because they're still in their early 20s to late teens, asking the Lord, be my leader, show me what I'm supposed to be doing, get me to where I'm supposed to be, and I will obey and I will do as you ask. Because I, I wasted some time because I try to compromise instead of jumping in. I try to get, be, get away from it by doing a quote-unquote a different way of ministering versus what God had called me to do. 
How many of you are doing the same thing? How many of you are wasting time because six years ago you were called, eight years ago you were called, but you've been told you have to go to school, go to seminary to be a pastor? Instead of studying, growing in what you can do on your own and then ask God, how can I be a pastor if I can't go to these schools? I'm not educated enough to do this. I don't feel like I can do this because I can tell you this. God can do anything he wants and he will tell you how to do things. He will tell you how to lead your family. He will tell you how to be a servant leader in every aspect of your life, whether it's at work or at school, whether it's in your church, whether it's in your community, whether it's in your home, whether it's just down, you know, your neighborhood, whatever it may be, you can ask him and he will show you. The question is, will you obey? Will you jump in? Will you say, Lord, I will do this by faith. I don't know how it's going to happen, but you called me to do something. I will do it. And there's some of you that might be listening who have been wondering if you should be in ministry. If he is calling you to do it, go do it. If God is telling you, you need to quit this job and go do this other job, do it. Or it's saying, I need you to move here. I don't want to move to that state. I'm asking you, will you trust me? Go do it. You see, these good kings that were in scripture, the ones that grew in so-called power, that gained respect, were loved by the people who were feared by the enemy, his, their enemies, were those when God said, go, they did. When God said, stop, they did. When God said, wait, they did. When God said, cut the army to only 300 guys and you're going to win against a hundred thousand, I think it was Assyrians. Go do it. You see, that is what true kingship looks like. That's what a king did who loved God. So today... I would not call us kings. We need to be servant leaders. Get away from the concept of being a king of your home and start serving your family. Find ways to be a part of your kid's life. Find ways to be part of your wife's life. Pray. Remember, we talk about prayer all the time. Pray. Ask. God will show you, God will lead, God will direct you, God will ask of you. And if you say yes, even if it's hard as can be, even if it takes years, even if it feels like there's no way this is going to possibly happen, you say yes, God will do stuff. But it takes you saying yes, and then it also takes you obeying you want to understand what it means to be a man, a strong man of God? Study your scriptures. Get involved in your church. If there's no men's ministry, start one. It could begin with just meeting at a coffee shop. 
hey, we're just going to do prayer requests and then we're going to talk about a chapter in the Bible or, hey, here's a book. <coughs> we'll read go through it together and just have discussions. <coughs> Excuse me. You see, that's all it takes. It takes men saying yes. It takes men saying I will do. You go to Proverbs 29, states an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered one increases rebellion. A person's pride will humble him but a humble spirit will gain honor. A lot of times, as you can see, like Isaiah got angry and it creates division, creates conflict, and he got basically cursed. Humble yourselves and you'll gain honor. Do it. Go to Philippians 2. And you go to verses 1 through 4. It says, If then... There is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourself. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. When you stop putting yourself as the focus of your life and start focusing on God, you will start noticing how you treat other people and it'll be different. If you're struggling with pride and arrogance, when you start putting yourself into God's pathway of life and choosing him over yourself, you will see changes in your life towards people. People will notice the change towards people. Your wife will notice differences in you too. Your kids will be more willing to come talk to you. Things will change. Some things may take years. Some may take weeks. It comes down to the point whether you are choosing to follow him or not, obeying him or not, humbling yourself or not. He is a calling for all of us to do something for him. Whether it is a calling to ministry or whether it is a calling to keep doing the job you're doing, but hey, get involved in your community events. Hey, get involved in your church more. Hey, get involved in this men's ministry. Hey, be a better leader in your house. Lead your family instead of hiding. We are not called to lord over our family and friends and community and church. We are to serve and lead them. It is your choice today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I ask you, blessed ask that you use it, I ask that you just have your word be spoken clearly into people's hearts, that they be able to have an understanding that today they will remove pride and arrogance from their life and obey you and serve you and stay faithful to you. Allow them to have humble hearts. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. You guys have a blessed week and I will see you next time.